What's up, everybody? You're listening to a belated episode of Modern Guild. We're back on the gravy train after a couple of weeks. We got uh, thrown off rhythm. I moved house. Damon didn't have any. He well, it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. I moved house. Something else happened, but I can't really remember. Oh, actually, I remembered. Now something else did happen, but uh, it's not significant enough to even mention. So. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Here we are. It's nice to have you back. Yeah. A few people actually did hit me up and were like, when's the fucking next episode coming, dog? Which is nice to hear. Yeah, I always like it when that happens, eh? People um, actually miss it, which is interesting. You know, yeah, so it's good back. So here it uh, is. I've been wrestling with this stupid fucking vape that I hate. By the way, if you vape or if you were thinking about starting, uh, don't. It's really addictive. Like, really addictive. Who'd have thought? yeah well man you know you get sucked in with a couple puffs here and there and next thing you know it's like you know if you go without it then your brain just starts melting down like i didn't have any for i don't know like 18 hours or something like that and my Mm. mind just started fogging the fuck up and uh the the like coffee is so much easier to quit than nicotine nicotine just has this like slow exit out of your system um that just pains you more and more as it's going away you know and then you face this thing of like do i become an incapacitated vegetable for you know like a week or do i just kind of like keep this stupid addiction going (laughs) yeah i haven't decided it's a tough one man um yeah i mean i haven't smoked for like six years now or like i've had one like here and there but i haven't smoked you know chronically for six years but i still every single day of my fucking life i desire cigarettes so badly it is insane there's just like a a space in my soul that is empty and will be forever yeah Um, it's it's unfortunate eh? it's like definitely the the easiest drug to slot into your day-to-day existence alongside like being a caffeine addict uh and also just like so fucking insidious that it can wrap itself around every possible little habit that you have like oh i just had a coffee oh i just took a shit oh Blah, blah, blah. So, have you ever had a cigarette while taking a shit? Have you um, ever done, like a, a shitterette? Well, the other night, because I was just a filthy addict and there wasn't any opportune moments to like have a vape uh, when I was out at this bar, I would just go and take a piss and just like be sitting there pissing and vaping and like blowing it into my, um, you know, piss to make okay, yeah, piss right. vape. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, so... I've done that, definitely, yeah. Um, mm. I don't think I've done it while shitting. Um, yeah. yeah I don't think be... I have either. Yeah. Those Not something that I would well be proud of. Together. Well, then I'd feel like I'm inhaling, like, feces and nicotine into my lungs. But maybe mm-hmm. that's a good way to quit, you know, so. I'll tell you what I have done, though, is uh, I, I have taken a shit out of a tree, which <laughs> was actually quite pleasurable. Oh, really? Um, I developed this technique while camping. Yeah. Um, there's this place called Fraser Island in Queensland where there are dingoes. So, um, if you're like, and it, it's super remote as well, right? There's no like plumbed toilets or whatever. So you have to go and do like bush shit. So just dig a hole and shit in it and whatever. Yeah. But the truth, the thing is like, you need to have like a stick with you at all times in case a dingo comes. Cause like when you're crouching down, taking a shit, you look like a fucking wallaby or whatever. So the dingoes think that you're like prey. So yeah. I like I'm not the best at taking outdoor shit at the best of times. Like it's not something that's super comfortable to me. 
So I was like, mm, all right, I'm going to go have to go and take a, a dingo proof shit. And yeah. then I'm sitting there and I'm like, hang on, why the fuck am I not up a tree? Why would I be on the ground and be fearful of a potential dingo attack when I can just be in a tree? Mm. And then I learned once I was up the tree, only like a meter and a half off the ground though, you find a nice sturdy horizontal branch and it's basically like a toilet seat. Wow. So you just sit there with your ass hanging off the back and then away you go. That's cool. That must yeah. uh, help with the wiping as well, I'd imagine. It does, dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's so, where we were um, meant to do it. Well, yeah, I think so as well. It's weird that people, that there's no sort of, I don't know, uh, what am I saying? It's weird that it's not an understood thing. Like yeah. I, before I had sh taken a shit out of a tree, I had never heard of someone doing it before. Mm. But when I did it, it made so much sense. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I guess the long drop could be an extension of that, mm. but you're still sitting down, you know? Um, but yeah. to be honest, man, you know who's got a good handle on that is like anybody using a squat toilet because they fucking know from the get go, like it's the same sort of, you know, uh, position that you're going to be mm -hmm. in where you can yeah. just sort of let loose. And for anyone that's traveled around Southeast Asia or if for whatever reason you have a squat toilet in your house, which frankly, like, you know, <laughs> why don't you? quite unusual. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, that's some. Mm -hmm. um, That'd be quite like a flex, eh? like a real alpha move is to direct guests to the toilet and just like, <laughs> yeah. force them to like grapple <laughs> with like, it would be such a mind bend, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, can you imagine sure. having a nice little dinner party and then, you know, someone's like, oh, I need to use the toilet and just have to sit <laughs> there and, and you just stand behind them being like, what are you going to do? You know, like this is, mm -hmm. this is crunch time and it's time for you to perform. Complete with the um, the bucket of water and the scooper. Yeah, just instead of no paper, hand sanitizer. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um. Did you ever get used to the Southeast Asian toilet situation? Because I didn't. Mm, very quickly. Yeah. And weird on you because right before I freaked this. Out. Oh, fair enough. Uh, right before this, we were just chatting about being germaphobes, and I'm a massive germaphobe. But uh, for whatever reason, I just frothed on it after a while. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm almost looking forward to it, man. You particularly enjoyed it, right? That's interesting. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is how, from like an evolutionary perspective, I was supposed to shit, right? Yeah. Because like your, is it your sphincter? Is that the little pink bit that like pops out of your anus a little bit? Yeah, the anus. Yeah. yeah. So like that's supposed to like come out a little bit and that happens when you squat, right? <laughs> you just have a little prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I think that yeah the squatting is uh the, the more natural motion yeah. in in the west we strain a lot um we have hernias yeah right um well, maybe the cdc should come out and uh, <laughs> tell us about the real pandemic that's not you know being addressed the right silent now. pandemic which is um the taboo in everybody's bathroom yeah, uh, yeah fuck so you didn't get used to it why not uh well, look, there were some instances where I was fine and I managed, but there were some which were just too fucking gnarly, dude. Like, on the side of a road in rural Cambodia. And, oh, like, right. it's just the worst. Like, I don't know, man. There's just, like, it's fucking wet everywhere because, like, someone just rinsed their asshole with, like, scoop water and then the water just fell on the ground or it's, like, splashed on the walls. And, like, I don't know, dude. There's a, just a bunch of people outside and you just imagine all of them squatting and shitting in there yeah and it still stinks like shit like it's pretty <laughs> fucking horrendous it's like still as bad as a long drop yeah yeah um yeah. and there's a so comfortable with it as well though. like that's the thing when you have those like open air things um 
it's such a shock because we're us like westerners are so used to our like nice privacy you know mm-hmm. and i remember the first time that i had that intrusion like distinctly stands out in my mind where i was going to the bathroom um to take a shit and mm-hmm. then whoever i was with i can't remember some friend of mine like followed me in there he's like oh yeah i need to go to the bathroom as well and i was like oh fuck here we go so i sort of like sit there waiting for him to leave to you know like just defecate in peace and uh-huh. solitude and then i started hearing he's defecating as well and i'm like oh for fuck's sake and then he starts talking to me man like, dude i hate that man. <laughs> i was like dude can you fuck off like can we just pretend that neither of us exist right now and, <laughs> fuck me. Like, and i was so i just felt so violated dude like i, was I just, find that to be unusual behavior dude when you walk into yeah. a public toilet and you hear two people having a conversation they're just there already and you walk in yeah and two guys right. are just talking about the fucking rugby or something yeah like it's nothing just like it's, yeah it's it's weird oh, so fuck. anyway fuck i'm having problems with this check yeah and i'm just like <laughs> oh fuck's sake man like mm-hmm. where's the sense of decency but you know we're probably the stuck up ones and we just gotta like evolve i i, I, I wonder what that would be like you know if, if we could break down those barriers and be so comfortable that me and you perhaps could even report <laughs> record a pod and just have a little defecation and oh you know. dude we need to be living in the same uh, same location to actually and ex- begin to execute these experimental podcasts. Uh, would that even, yeah, because yeah. I I would embrace that challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, in, a, in a sick way, I think I would enjoy doing that. Yeah, we pick up a mm. good audience of um, <laughs> disgusting internet denizens, <laughs> or our audience would just immediately half. <laughs> I don't know, man. It might stay the same. Half of them would leave, and then we'd get like half of these like shit fetishes, scat fetishes, yeah. or whatever, coming Gap on to hear fetishes. some like like shit ASMR. Mm. Which, um, now that I've said it, I'm wondering if that exists. That must exist. There must of course, be. it exists, man. <laughs> <laughs> absolute troves of bounties of data uh, online yeah. of uh, audio and visual poo ASMR. Well, um, I presume I, there's a section of our audience that comes here with hopes to make money still. And if you are listening still on the hope that we're going to drop something, we just did. So, you know, maybe maybe think about that as a new line of revenue. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, yeah. That's actually a somewhat more discreet approach to the OnlyFans model, because the only thing that you have to uh, make public is your shit and the sounds that you make while you do it. Yeah. Your body and your face can remain anonymous. Mm, yeah. Um, well, it's I don't making... know if that makes it more dignified or less. I There's don't no know also about... anyway, man. Well, like, yeah, that's a good point. Dignity died, like, a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> do you think it's, uh, like... Do you think it's morally uh, unethical to enable a scat fetishist? So, like, if there's some guy at home who, like, doesn't really break the law, but, like... He's just really into listening to people shit and masturbates over like videos and MP3 files. Of I mean, who the fuck has an MP3 file anymore? What am I talking about? Someone who but has like... a scare fetish, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. <laughs> but you know, do you think that you have like a moral obligation not to to feed that person? Nah, because they're not hurting anyone. Like mm. my my thing is uh, with stuff like that, I find it gross. I think it's disgusting, but mm-hmm. whatever. You know, it's like fine. Um, I think it's morally unethical to like do that child porn in cartoon form or whatever you know that, that is like, extremely weird yeah that's the sort of shit where i'm like oh you know that's 
that's boundary pushing right there. But um, did you shit, watch- if you're a shit fetishist, whatever, you're leaving people alone. As long as you're washing your hands. If your fucking thing is like, I'm a shit fetishist and I get off on being really dirty and not washing my hands and spreading disease, then yeah, fuck you. Like, you know, big time. Mm-hmm. That's not acceptable behavior at all. Did you watch uh, the show Stranger Things? Really good, right? And you know the girl Eleven, who was, I don't know how old, but like, I think Millie Bobby Brown is the name of the actress, and she was like 15 when they made the most recent season or something. Um, There's a whole bunch of that like cartoon child porn that you were talking about around that are like anime versions of her. And like the characters from Stranger Things, and she has like enormous breasts and is like super sexualized, and it's fucking horrible, man. These people need to find something useful to do with their time and just stop filthying the world. Yeah, that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is so horrendous. Um, nice segue. So assuming if you're not here to make money, then I guess the rest of you are here to listen to um, our fantastic news bites. Uh, and this is a kind of a fucking bullshit story, but it's been popping up everywhere. And I've noticed it even made it to like Taco Carlson. So why not chat about it? And Hayden doesn't know anything about it, so great. Um, right, so Chris Chan made the mm-hmm. news recently. Uh, and he, she, she now, uh, because she is a trans woman, mm-hmm. um, previously <laughs> not. Uh, it's this really fucking long story, and someone can go out, and there's a bunch of like down the rabbit hole videos about this, but there's basically like this guy made this cartoon called Sonichu um that's a like really shitty version of Sonic and started like pushing it everywhere um and was like rampantly promoting Sonichu um and everything and like I don't know why I already find this so funny oh dude this is the most fucking bizarre story I've come across which is the only reason why I'm bringing it up I'm just imagining Um, oh I'm sorry to interrupt I look up (laughs) Sonichu and you'll get an idea just don't make a bad version of Sonic like, how easy is it to live your entire life and not make a bootleg Sonic? Yeah, well... Um, um, okay, how do you spell Sonichu? Uh, S-O-N-I-C-H-U. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Um, and, like, he was so obsessed with it that he made his own Sonichu pendant. Oh, you know? right, okay. I, I've seen these before. <laughs> yeah, well, it was prolific, right? Like, it was fucking everywhere. Um, so the, <laughs> the story goes, uh, he was trying... So he was, like, while he was doing this, and he's really autistic, he was posting all this stuff about how he wants a boyfriend-free girl um, and, like, was obsessed with the idea of getting a, quote, boyfriend-free girl that also had to have this, like, long list of characteristics, like, like can't be fat, can't be autistic, can't smoke, can't drink, um, like, you know, has to be basically, like, obsessed with him and stuff. Uh, and there was like some online forum called something awful that got wind of it and just started like brutally fucking harassing him, um, in the way that they were just like gathering all this fucking data and then hitting him up. And he started posting these like YouTube videos where, uh, he was trying to like clear the air on how he was a really good guy, but just make it infinitely worse because he was basically started diving into like how much of a homophobia is and. Uh, all this other fucking shit so they made like a wikipedia about him right and then he started editing the wiki and changing it uh and like being like you know mixing up the um like whether it was like first person and third person and being like i am a good person blah 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 um so the story i'm just gonna skip a bunch of fucking details because the the entire thing is so messy and fucking bizarre um (laughs) 
4chan ended up like hearing about it and then it just turned into this massive clusterfuck where um him and his mom or some shit like decided that the person that was actually harassing them was this like guy that owned a local game store so he went in there and just started like harassing the shit out of that guy uh and then his mom and him did like a drive-by where they fucking ran this dude over <laughs> and <Whoa>. um <laughs> yeah i mean it was real fucking intense as and like at the same time, uh, people would pretend to like be a boyfriend-free girl and hit him up. Hey, like, okay, was... hold up. What the fuck? Is, what even is a boyfriend-free girl? Like a girl without a boyfriend. So just a girl. Yeah, without a boyfriend. Boyfriend-free. So okay, all right. That's what I. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I assumed, but I just thought like, okay, do I need to clarify this? But yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, <laughs> There's a, and this this went on for like years. They say that he's like the most documented person online because he effectively was just like spilling <laughs> every fucking detail about his life. He had like one female friend, um, and he started drawing like pictures of him just like fingering her and oh, uh, putting dude. these like big tits on her and shit and like all these drawings and was posting them up, talking about um, his fantasies about like finger blasting her, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> that all happened it his story kind of goes dead after about 2011 for a little bit uh but he most recently made the news when he transitioned sort of into a trans woman um uh -huh. and carried on the same and then said that he's like a lesbian uh but he's not gay i don't know there's all this crap about it and you know grew his hair out and put makeup on and shit um so so he's just made the news again recently uh for like sleeping or fucking probably raping his mom whoa um, and then posting about it and talking about yeah i know it takes a real dark turn so he just got like arrested for it and now he's so he got on tucker carlson because he's getting sent to a female prison off the back of this you know um and so he's just going to be locked up in this like all-female prison and he's like quite a big dude she's quite a fuck i don't care he's quite a big fucking dude you know uh <laughs> yeah so it's a total nightmare but so i'm just yeah. gonna quickly uh <clears throat> divert us for a moment um because listening to this just made me ask the question is it uh is it illegal to fuck your mom I'm, and i'm talking about with consent so i've just googled uh is it legal to fuck <clears throat> your mom <laughs> yeah right and uh incest is legal in a lot of countries which is fucking bizarre. In the state he was in because he got charged for incest Huh. Yeah. Um I'm on I'm on worldpopulationreview.com and I'm looking at yeah. countries where incest is legal 2021. Uh the, it says the United States incest is legal. Um rape and incest are considered separate crimes. Uh, so like did he did he rape her? Was it rape or did he just fuck her? I have no idea. She's got dementia, so, you know, you gotta... Oh, Jesus. I know. Figure Why, man? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, 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 all right. So, anyway, it doesn't gets matter. Even worse. Um, um, I'm not yeah. going to talk anymore about the legality of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Chris should get off on it. Technicality. Weird that it is, <laughs> that it is legal anywhere. It should yeah. not be, but anyway. We're not turning this into a free Chris Chan podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The story goes now from the last update that I've seen about it. I'm not actively reading this. This just comes up in my feed. Uh -huh. um, that there's this psychopathic woman that has basically been posing to um, 
like as a as a boyfriend free girl to make him do stuff and part of what her thing was was she really wanted to like what yes i, mean, I fucking saw screenshots of this bitch now yeah. i remember this yeah okay that yeah cool. yeah so this is the fucking we haven't even this story isn't over yet but this is apparently where it's at right now is that this girl was like fully trying to manipulate him to fuck his mom because she's a psychopath and there's these allegations that she was like abusing animals and killing them and uh mm. that she'd uh convinced some other guy to like commit suicide or some shit and part of it was she had just sort of like harassed him and convinced him to fuck his mom and uh kill himself and she wanted to go down as the Jesus. world's greatest chris chan troll because there's what these the fucking fuck? crazy motherfuckers that follow this dude and they're called christorians and they like get all these details and document his life so this is like one of the worst things that i've read i feel like this is such a like when this i is, caught up on yeah. all of this shit i was like this is the a dark point in human history that fucking this has fucking been allowed to if this happened persist. in like the yeah. 16th century she would be tried for witchcraft man <laughs> oh man yeah i know like she, people would fucking mob that woman and tie her to a stake and burn her and that yeah. sounds like that's the fate that she deserves um that's wild. So, so is this guy in prison now? Did you say? Yeah. So the big controversy that the media was spinning up was that he was getting sent to like a female prison. But the uh, um, yeah, the the fucking whole story is so sad because I mean he's a kind of a terrible person as well. But he's also mm. like really mentally ill. So yeah, you know, I don't fucking know. Like it's, oh, it's too much geez. for my my little brain. But um, yeah. So that is, here we go. There's one. Depressing. Bleak. This is such a. This is already going to be like the gutter episode. Eh? Yeah, man. This is fucking gnarly. Like I'm starting to have doubts about what we're doing here. <laughs> hey, well, I'm not standing on on either fucking side of that stuff. The whole Chris Chan thing is fucked. Like, you know, it's so uh, sad yeah. to see that kind of abuse. They can just just persist and not be, you know, I don't know, cracked down upon at all. Mm. But everyone involved in it just seems so incredibly mentally ill that it's just like nightmare you know just just a nightmare <clears throat> that's not nice um yeah so, anyway uh, lindy <laughs> <laughs> yeah lindy okay so for our listeners you might have already picked up on the fact that i am somewhat less perpetually online than damon <laughs> so yeah. there are things that happen on the internet that i don't know about i don't know much about and one of them is lindy or Lindy Man, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And I was like, what is Lindy Man? And he was like, well, I'll tell you on the podcast. So now he's yeah. coming to. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not like a big thing at all. So Lindy sort of spurs from Nassim Taleb. Um, and if anybody doesn't know who that is, he's like a traitor, come philosopher. Uh, come sociopath. Come sociopath, who will also talk about his stupid online antics. This is like the online trash episode. Um, and his theory in one of his books, I think it was anti-fragile, is that things that have persisted through time are more likely to persist into the future because they're sort of tried, tested, and proven. So mm -hmm. Lindy is effectively like anything that is old and still stands up today. So uh, Lindy Mann is this lawyer who just has a shitty Twitter account where he basically like talks about things that are lindy that he decides are cool and then describes them as lindy so stuff like eating paleo uh, or uh, going for walks or like getting enough sleep or reading books and not lindy is like 
checking social media but there's no real definition it's just kind of like a fucking <laughs> stupid debate online for losers uh, who want to you know who want to feel like they can like i don't know be online one talk about the lindy shit that they do and then post about it it's like instagram for um corporate burnouts is how i feel about it you know cool. it's just like a way to sort of virtue signal to everyone how you're like actually super dope because you're doing like walks <laughs> and stuff and then talk about it on twitter <laughs> which is like defeats the entire fucking purpose of the whole thing so, so would you say that uh that lindy <clears throat> is trad uh yeah i guess so i mean there's a lot of talk about that where there's that whole stupid online movement as well of people being like yeah i'm so trad and i'm gonna post about it online and like whatever man if you want to go for walks and read books just do it like you don't have to fucking tell the world and then come up with a stupid word to you know like let everyone know that you're better than them because you're walking around you know the problem starts with the fact that you're talking about it online if you're talking about it online it's not cool and it doesn't mean anything it's lost all value like, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, that's a pretty so, pretty good barometer yeah that was sort of like nassim talib's big thing is talking about how technology is largely worthless because uh you know it always comes back to the fact that we're better off with like traditional ways of living and then mm -hmm. he has like a bunch of anecdotes about how he doesn't believe in sunscreen because sunscreen's not lindy um because it's just okay. fucking <laughs> <laughs> um which maybe he's got an ozone layer but where we live we don't even have fucking ozone so if you go outside you get like burnt to shit um and what's the other stuff like <laughs> taking panadol it's not lindy and uh you know like um you know, there's some other dumb shit where he's saying like it's actually better not to put ice on your knee because if you put ice on your knee when it's swollen or on an injury then you're not letting the body heal itself and we're intervening with the body and he's like really anti-surgery in modern medicine i feel um, what if he's fucking mental dude um yeah. as <clears throat> you are obviously well aware like the extent of his like uh psychotic abuse of other people on twitter is so bizarre yeah like i've i've never seen a more irrationally foul-mouthed aggressive vindictive public intellectual just yeah. like spamming and fucking shit posting hard on twitter just like you fucking idiot like it's bizarre, yeah. man. Like, get a life. You're so smart. You're so rich. Just chill. Well, they're not. And I, I reject... If, if you are described as a public intellectual, I think you fucked up already, you know? Because you're just not. You're immediately guilty of something, you know? Mm. And, like, all these public intellectuals amount to nothing. You know, they suck so hard, man. We don't need them. They're not Lindy. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, just, they're just losers. I mean, <laughs> the idea of, like the public intellectual that has worthwhile opinions i feel is is so trash um because yeah what, what are they what are they bringing to the table that's so fucking good you know all i see is these uh really common sense things that are um obfuscated with confusing jargon and like someone really just using a chance to try and show off their vocabulary and confuse others so mm -hmm. Brett Weinstein and Claire, whatever the fuck her name is, and, and Talib can all war with each other over like debating stupid facts that don't actually impact the rest of us at all. You know, um, I saw he's going after Snowden is the recent thing that I saw, which is just like, yeah, exactly. That's just horrendous nightmare. Right? Um, uh, we were talking this morning about that, like Claire Lehman, Lehman woman. Um, yeah, the founder just of like, He's like this writer from Sydney who 
sort of positions herself as like the ultimate rationalist just yeah. thinks that she's being like the reasonable voice in the room about all of these uh sort of like you know uh, classically polarizing modern topics like trans rights and uh vaccines and fucking whatever yeah. but is the perfect example of someone who just by her sort of like status as like a public voice or thinker gets herself dragged down into the muck and reduced to like the same lowly level as everybody else yeah um, and like you pointed out that i and i never read this but apparently like feels the feels compelled to tweet about how like uh, as an intellectual with agency, like she has the right to choose to have anal sex, um, <laughs> and it's just like, it's okay, sex, like, what the, what are you fucking on about? Like, no one else, no one fucking cares. Like, why yeah. do you feel the need to describe everything? I'm it's, smart it's kind of and you butt stuff. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the problem. It's so easy to be a public intellectual um, and go after these like total bottom of the barrel opinions, you know, that, <laughs> and, and topics yeah. that just don't fucking, nobody cares. Like, it's just your like nuanced view on trans issues are irrelevant. Like, you know, like what, what's the, they're not really impactful positions to hold whatsoever. And they're kind of good for clicks, I guess, and like steering up online fervor. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really like um, impact anything whatsoever. They're, they're just not relevant, you know, mm. at all. I mean, like so many, um, so many positions or opinions or views are produced simply for the sake of participating in public quote debate and just uh, being like a an exposed profile, right? Yeah. Like you need to just inject yourself into whatever discussion is happening on any day, which means that these opinions are just inherently like flawed from the beginning because they're not sincere at all and they're also not not informed. Yeah. There's a pick and choose though. They go after the ones that you can have a stance on and it will fit in within your rational uh rationalist sort of persona. But then they mm. leave out the good stuff. They didn't even touch on buck breaking, which is like in my eyes one of the funniest things that's come out recently. Um, yeah, true. I need to listen you know, to that Red Scare. I should actually just watch the fucking film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fucking hilarious because it's so homophobic, you know. But it's also like because it was made by Tariq Nasheed, who's this um, R&B star turned uh, documentarian, who and former professional pickup artist. So oh, we really? know he's a scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's just making this. Thing about how the lgbt community is like emasculating black men and has an agenda to like punish them and then went out and uh commissioned all this like super erotic art of white guys just like um sodomizing black slaves who are jacked <laughs> and it's so clearly like this gross little fetish Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Um, yeah, which is fascinating. And nobody wanted to touch on it, you know. But despite the fact that it just was such a, I thought, like a great point where you could say, look, homophobia is totally alive. But, you know, um, it's not like potentially where you think it is. But whatever, you know, I'm not a public intellectual, so I, I can't weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care about that sort of shit anyway. I feel like so much of that stuff is just like, well, you can debate it till the fucking end of time, but you're still fundamentally ignoring the big shifts and structural issues that are occurring at the moment which are like so much more important you know um of which i have for you something that came across well we're meant to be doing this so this is a little bit old but 
Um, <clears throat> there's a story that came up that I thought was one of like the most, now that we've dispensed with all the trash and all the gutter yeah. crap that's happening in yeah. the fucking um, world right now. At um, the 35 minute mark, we're finally getting to something decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matt Taibbi, uh, if you don't know him, he's a great journalist and he did a piece called The Trillion Dollar Lie um that's all about student loans right and we've touched on student loans as sort of uh, well basically becoming a student in university degrees being a massive grift and ultimately not uh you know delivering what they promise which is sort of a chance at better wages and a better life and, and that sort of thing and ultimately you're just kind of getting like a worthless piece of paper but the majority of people are anyway so I'm going to summarize this really quickly because i read it and i haven't sort of touched back on it in two weeks but the um whole piece is on how student loans can't be discharged by bankruptcy or so the story goes right and that's mm -hmm. i don't know if anybody's looked into their own student loan i looked into whether or not i could declare bankruptcy because i just fundamentally didn't want to pay it back because it felt like i got grifted hard and to be honest i still don't want to pay it back even though i'm probably going to end up having to but um that's what I was always told. You can't declare bankruptcy on a student loan, but you can be forgiven on every other type of loan. So if you're an entrepreneur, you go out, you know, you start a company, it fails, you end up in millions of dollars of debt. You can wipe it clean with a bankruptcy, uh, you know, I don't know, a bankruptcy thing. You can declare bankruptcy and then mm -hmm. poof, it goes away. So he starts asking the question of like, why can you not do this? Like what's going on that these loans are not dischargeable? And in, in fact, is that even true? And as it turns out, it's not. And a lot of the um, like suspicion, or sorry, a lot of the narrative that it can't be discharged is actually bullshit. That's just pushed by lenders really, really hard because they don't want it to be forgiven. And a lot of it goes back to like the 1940s, I think it was, where, uh, or maybe it was the 50s, it's in the article, um, where people were returning from the war effort and going to get a university degree that they then had to start paying for. And the older generation was like, there is no fucking way that you slouches are going to go and get a student loan and not pay it back after all this hard ass work that we've just done to build the America, you know, and that also mm -hmm. was the general theme across every other country at the time. And so the they just started instituting these like really brutal um, clauses that would make it a fucking nightmare to declare bankruptcy. And part of that was you can actually declare bankruptcy, but you have to pass uh, a test, which is like an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but again, it's in the article somewhere. Um, at, uh, the Brunner test is what it's called. So, uh -huh. you know, you have to prove that you have undue hardship, which is like, um, for the case of getting rid of a student loan, it's just like an absolute, yeah, basically it's not gonna happen. So part of what he discovers through the process of like looking into this is that banks have been buying up student loan debt to put on their books and then leveraging against it as well as enjoying the inflated um, you know, cost of the student loans. But part of it is they don't actually expect to get paid back because student loans are so big now that effectively you're taking out a loan for life and it's just mm -hmm. not going to return enough money over its uh, duration to account for you know rises in inflation and everything like that mm, so it's it's an interesting topic right because like um we're starting to see how it's like well why would banks want debt that effectively amounts to nothing that they're never going to get paid back on on their books why would they buy that and 
as I said, what, what he found was that they're using it as a way to get leverage. So they load up on this debt that's considered to be basically like never going to go bankrupt on student loans because you can't declare bankruptcy on student loans. You can only sort of hold them and get paid back over the stupidly long period at, you know, high inflation if you hold a student loan, but low inflation, uh, sorry, high interest if you hold a student loan, but absolutely fuck all if you're a bank and you're just, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And then they're leveraging the fuck out of it to buy up assets basically. Mm. So it creates this interesting conundrum where if student loans were to be wiped or really seen as something that you could declare bankruptcy against. And asset prices fall. Big time, because this uh. is a trillion <laughs> dollar thing, right? Like there is fucking, uh, hold on, I'm just going to turn a light on because it looks like I'm like a disembodied yeah, head right now. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, there, it's trillions of dollars that we're talking about locked up and that is being leveraged against so the more i read it the more uneasy i started getting because i was thinking like we all know that people can't pay their fucking loans back and we all know the tuition prices are getting massively jacked up um mm-hmm. and one of the interesting things that the universities are doing if they were a profit-making company they would then lose their sort of status and uh as non-profits obviously and you part of the uh, Brunner test is that if a company is a profit-making institution, you can declare bankruptcy against it. So universities right. have to be nonprofit, and part of what they're doing is taking all the money that they're getting from students and just funneling it into property and writing it all off. Right. So um, a really interesting example of that in Auckland, uh, where I currently am in New Zealand, is that the University of Auckland has like been buying up so much fucking real estate that it's crazy man you like drive through the city and every other building just seems to have a university of auckland logo on it you know and they've just been like snatching up property everywhere and you think oh wow. maybe, maybe it's lecture theaters or some shit no 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 no, no. it's fucking accommodation it's like they're just buying up oh, all this shit right. renting it out like creaming cash um and in the article, they basically talk about how the universities are largely doing the same thing over in the States, right? Like they're just mm-hmm. buying up tons of real estate. A lot of them have very successful endowments where they'll uh, basically be operating mini hedge funds um, <laughs> and shit like that. So mm-hmm. the big question after reading this, and I guess would be, you know, people have heard like, oh, the biggest bubble to burst is going to be the student loan bubble. And we all hear it. And it always seemed like something that was just never going to happen. But it's starting to run out of steam because tuition rates are just so fucking high. Uh, the jobs have disappeared. So the chance of anyone even getting anything back is like minimal, right? And at a certain point, the debt, if it's not getting repaid at all because nobody can get a job or keep up with the interest rates, we don't have interest rates in New Zealand for it, but at the same time, we don't have fucking jobs. So, you know, like <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting any chance at like paying it down, is not going to happen. Or if you're just getting paid back over the stupidly low period at stupidly low fucking rates, because even the jobs that people are getting are so small uh, and poorly paid that, you know, you're only getting this like marginal amount, then you could end up in default territory and the debt becomes worthless. And the AAA rating that it currently has that is great for levering the fuck up for could mm. just go, you know. So anyway. That's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah that's really well, interesting. Interesting to think about this through the frame of, you know, the Democrats sort of umming and ahhing about uh, whether or not they'll forgive student loan debt. Because mm. obviously like, you have the more left-leaning sort of wing of the Democrats like leaning heavy on Biden and his administration to to uh, 
at least partially forgive student loan debt. And the more centrist Democrats saying like, it's a hard line for them. They're saying like, no, like we absolutely won't do this. It would be interesting to like, obviously like modeling this sort of thing out would be like insanely hard, but it would be really interesting to see if they have like a sort of real economic kind of uh, leg to stand on in terms of their justification for refusing to forgive that loan debt. Or mm. if it's that the position is so strong because of like, you know, financial lobbying. Mm. That's one of the things on my mind is like, are the banks in such a clusterfuck with this that if this happened, then they would just, I mean, it would obviously cause a financial crisis. There's no way around that. Everybody knows it would. Like if they start forgiving it en masse, um, then the value of what these companies are holding are going to get bigly fucked, you know, <laughs> mm. and they're going to have to put up more money and then they're going to get margin call. Uh, and that won't be fun because it'll be like a Archegos, Archegos, a, a Huang style fucking blow up of like absurd proportions. Mm. So um, I'm wondering if there's the centrist Democrats that are like seeing all this and they're like, no, like our fucking buddies on Wall Street are telling us that if we do this, it's going to create an absolute clusterfuck and then the people that don't have the seat at the table with the banks that are essentially like you know oh it's all good like let's just do it um the debates yeah. happened here a lot whether we should start forgiving student loans but you know it's it never gains any traction ever so yeah it's a, a tough issue even um even if you ignore the massive <laughs> leveraging of debt factor which is hard to ignore now that you bring it up but I still don't know where I stand with it. So like, if you imagine that it was, could happen with no consequence, like, I don't, I still don't know if it's like the just thing to do. Um, and I think a lot of people who it wouldn't admit it publicly would also be opposed to it just because of the fact that they have had to pay a student loan back or there would be like an arbitrary cutoff, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like all debt issued be uh, before 2015 is going to be forgiven or sorry, after 2015 is going to be forgiven. And then you have like this group of haves and have nots. Mm. Um, you create like a new version of like class stratification, Yeah. Um, which is sort of fucked up. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's not fun to have these loans hanging over your head and yeah. mine is small, but um, you know, yeah. I still uh, do not like thinking about it. I mean, out of my own self-interest, I want it to happen. Mm. Uh, whether or not it's the right thing to do is, well, I don't know. Um, that's always a hard question because it's never a question of, is it the right thing to do? It's like, we're just going to benefit the most, you know? Uh, mm. And regardless, I think the behavior of the banks is fucking gnarly. Like, they're playing with fire on that, you know? But they always play with fire. And yeah, I mean, they're always going to find something to do it with. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Either way, like the value of those assets is like garbage, I think. It needs to come mm. way down because at some point in the future, it's going to pop, you know. But also, there's a reasonable question of like, well, what's even the value of going to university? And is that just going to start falling off a cliff as well? Oh, well, it must. It has <laughs> to. It's, it's the same with, I mean, I know that like a university education is not like an asset in the traditional sense, but same with like house, housing prices, you know. You could, they're actually already starting to slow in Australia. Um, because they finally they've run too far ahead of what people can actually afford, yeah. um, and I think the same thing is going to happen with college educations. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, yeah. And well, it'll be interesting to see how universities respond to that because they have like huge, uh, huge interests in maintaining their own positions and academics and the heads of administration in universities 
are making killings. They make so much more than they're than they're entitled to, in my in my uh, opinion. Yeah. Um, so so they like they need Twitter. to keep pump, pump. What's that? So they can go on Twitter and talk exactly. About yeah. So like stuff. they need to keep figuring out how to like keep the bubble inflated as well. Mm. Um, and it's you could make it the interesting case that the academic position uh, on forgiving student loan debt might be opposed to it because of the financial implications there would be. Because um, if, like, uh, I'm sort of trying to do like some mental gymnastics right now. Mm. I feel as though I would almost need to like write a, draw a diagram or something. But I'm trying to think about like what the implication of, of that, those loans defaulting would be on like the university sort of like business system. Yeah, well, I mean, like call I, it out for what it is. Mm. Bullshit. And like, yeah. Um, has the value of a degree gone up? Fuck no. Like, <laughs> no, it's gone down. Yeah, it's gone down. It's worthless yeah. now. It's effectively fucking worthless. Like, you know, your ROI on a degree is nothing. It's like uh, almost negatively impacting you, I think, um, in the long run. You know, it, maybe you'll get some higher wages. Maybe. But that analysis is fucking shoddy. And every time I see it, like, oh, university degrees are still uh, causing higher pay. Like, really? Did, did How many of those people really needed a degree in the first place? And if you really looked into it, how many people got a job that they actually wanted and the degree is helping them make better pay? You know, like, yeah, I don't think it's very many. Um, mm, so yeah. I would also want to look into like whether or not the average or median pay of university graduates is increasing yeah it's like i'm sure the average probably is but it's being dragged up by a few people in positions of power hmm. um totally Fucking i know nice. like i'm fairly certain it's the same in the united states but like in australia like wage growth is essentially stagnant hmm. um and if university educations were effective in getting people paid more then that wouldn't be the case um and yeah it's interesting uh, we're having this real labor reckoning in Australia at the moment because of this as well. Um, yeah. A combination of people's experiences receiving like stimulus during the pandemic and low wage growth or essentially zero wage growth um, yeah. on the, in the backdrop of like soaring property prices. People are just not bothering to work now. Mm. It's, really, it's really interesting. I um, love it. Eh? I, I feel like yeah. it's like a fascinating time to see how many people are rejecting labor. Um, mm -hmm as a way to make money because it's just so shit. I got a buddy that drives Uber now mm. and he was saying that he's making more driving Uber than he was as an electrician. Damn. Yeah, he says he's pulling in like 1200 a week basically just fucking driving Uber. And I that was like- is, I'm sorry, I'm gonna just interrupt for a second, but that is like, first of all, that's really surprising and crazy, but yeah. that is less of a commentary on what you can make driving Uber as it is a commentary on how fucking underpaid electricians are in New Zealand, man. That's yeah, insane wild, to me. Yeah. That an electrician is making a thousand dollars a week or eleven hundred dollars. Like yeah. that is fucked up. In Australia, like a qualified electrician would be on probably like a hundred k. Unbelievable. Yeah, you guys pay your people right though, you know. But um, yeah, man, right, I didn't realize right, it was that bad. Oh, it's horrendous. Eh? And it's like, you know, you, you start asking the question of like, well, way more people are starting to contract because you have more bargaining power with your employer and you can like regularly up your hourly rate and do all that sort of shit. Mm. Um, and it's just starting to question the whole fucking notion of this stuff. But if assets are just rocketing through the roof anyway, you know, then wages have become totally fucking superfluous. Like they don't matter. It doesn't matter what you're making when, you know, housing's increasing at like 7%. Are you making 7% pay increases every fucking year? No. Like, 
you know mm. who the fuck does that some people do <laughs> yeah. but like that's insane yeah. it is it is fucked up on the topic of uh, uh perpetually chasing rising property prices yeah if you are interested in making money dear listener <laughs> and uh you think that perhaps you'd like to do this by buying and selling stonks then uh you can visit patreon forward slash modern guilt and subscribe for our exclusive content uh where we publish episodes once a month on uh, the stock market and uh, specific stocks in general we talk about our current plays and our uh, non-current plays plays that we would avoid plays that we would like to not avoid but we're not in uh all of the above uh and it was five dollars a month to support the pod so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in then please go ahead and do that uh we will be i haven't spoken to you about this yet damon but we'll we we need to record an episode next week so yeah uh go and subscribe to that and you'll get that episode plus all the old ones uh which still have some relevant uh discussions Mm. uh so go and do that um you should (laughs) we have a um a guest lined up as well uh for an upcoming episode next week but the week after we are going to have uh sachin sharma on uh, to talk about Palantir. He is the founder and managing director at Industry NX um, in Kuala Lumpur. Oh, shit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. International Dom. And um, right. oh, yeah, we can, we can talk to him about Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Chris Chan, see, see what his opinion is on that. See what his views on squat toilets are. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Sachin has really um, interesting analysis on Palantir and is yeah. one of my favorite followers on Twitter um for palantir commentary so that'll be really cool to have him on yeah, so sweet. make sure that y'all tune in for that one as well so are you familiar with havana syndrome uh no so is this like poorly understood sort of like sickness or disease or condition the cdc cannot even put a label on it because they don't know what it is like they don't know if it's uh like a mental illness or if it's yeah. like a the result of like a parasite or it is a disease or what but it is named havana syndrome because uh it first came to the public's attention when u.s embassy and consulate staffers and like intelligence workers in havana cuba started to report this range of similar symptoms seemingly based on no uh like instigating factor so like they often hear like ringing in their ears like headaches, like uh, nausea, disorientation, like a fuzzy or cloudy head, uh, trouble sleeping, confusion, uh, poor memory, and just general sort of uh, lack of awareness and sharpness. Over the past sort of decade or so, like dozens of these cases have pop- been popping up, like just in Havana. Yeah. These people have been like examined by doctors and whatnot, and there have been like no uh, conclusive tests to determine what has actually happened to these people. But the leading um, theory is that they're being targeted by X-ray weapons, or oh, sorry, microwave <laughs> weapons, Fuck. Uh, which is crazy, man. So they yeah. th- they think that um like Russian intelligence operatives are targeting uh, U.S. embassy staff and and agents with these devices that are interfering with like the regular brain function of, of these uh, US citizens, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, there have been reports recently now that 
this sort of phenomenon is becoming more common. Um, earlier this year, like senior members of the CIA in Sydney both came down with uh, cases of this so-called syndrome. Uh, and also Vienna is becoming another hotspot for it, which is right. pretty trippy. <clears throat> this made me like start to read more about this and didn't realize that uh, microwave weapons are just like viewed the majority of I don't know people who specialize in this field is definitely existing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a thing. They're like, yeah, like that technology is real, like microwave guns. <laughs> That's like, wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them have even been tested on fucking ships, dude. Uh, like naval ships, which is wild. Yeah. Um, and there's just speculation now about whether or not um, that technology can be reduced to the size of something that you could carry in, like a suitcase or a car or something that you could like say park outside of the embassy building and shoot through the walls at someone which is <laughs> fucking trippy um, yeah. it's interesting as well austria uh, i didn't realize but is has been like famously neutral since the end of um world war ii and is something of a haven for spies yeah it's fascinating so they have no laws against conducting espionage on austrian soil unless it's targeting austrian companies or the government so there are lots of like uh intelligence gathering activities that happen in vienna and the vienna uh viennin i wonder if that's a word yeah, uh viennin authorities are like completely aware of the fact that there's probably between four and eight thousand spies in vienna at any one time just yeah. um scurrying about like fucking rats they just let it happen um <laughs> yeah it's really bizarre man yeah and they have because of this there's this sort of like self-perpetuating uh, system, I suppose, where at the start of the Cold War, uh, Vienna was split into four sectors, right? So it was occupied by the USSR, the USA, France, and the, the United Kingdom. Mm. Um, and because of the, there was this international presence in the city, they started setting up embassies and listening posts and um, intelligence bases and whatnot. And then because of the laws in Vienna that um, obviously allowed these activities to continue, it became like such a good place to steal intelligence from your enemy that they started to set up more government agencies and more offices, more diplomatic missions. So that because the, the more diplomats you, you have on the ground in any one place, the more agents you can hide amongst them. Yeah. So like if, for example, like you want a ratio of like three legitimate diplomats to one spy disguised as a diplomat. Obviously, if you need to deploy another spy, you need to deploy three more diplomats. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Vienna, uh, I think, only trails behind Brussels as the city in the world that has like the most diplomatic missions, consulates, offices of, of all sort of shapes and sizes, uh, government agencies functioning there, which is super trippy. So if you uh, want to meet some racy spy, go to Fucking A. That's bizarre. Man, I can't fathom how horrid that whole syndrome must be you know yeah man it sounds awful um yeah and it doesn't just affect them while they're being targeted either like they return to their hotel rooms or to their homes or wherever and they still feel like the the impacts of it like while they're sleeping or whatever um like yeah it's this uh, i don't know it sounds um i'm not suggesting this is like real or anything but it sounds kind of like what people report experiencing when they say that they've been like abducted by aliens or they've been probed or some shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking Just this it. feeling of like discomfort and dread and just something not being quite right, um, which would be fucking awful. 
I feel immense sympathy for anyone who feels like they've been abducted or probed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. That must be really lonely, you know? Yeah, dude. I can't I've... imagine how fucking nasty. And then you just have to live your whole life with this, like, alien harassment story that nobody's going to fucking believe ever. Yeah, it's dark. Um, I wonder if there are, like, uh, communities that support people who claim that they've been abducted. Oh, yeah, definitely. I hope They'd so. get together. The only problem is it would be, like filled with all these larpers and people that just kind of get off on the whole thing you know yeah for sure and you're like could be the one guy there that literally got you know probed <laughs> mm. and you're just stuck with all these fucking weirdos <laughs> no thank you um we should actually look into the documents that got released by the pentagon on was it the first of july that came out i think it might have been the ufo stuff yeah yeah have yeah, you read those? Check it out. Nah, I sort of I took a pretty dismissive attitude of mm. like, well, they're doing this as a way to distract people from something else. But I'd be intrigued to see what it actually is anyway. Because yeah. all I'm aware of is they're like, yeah, there's shit out there. We don't know what it is. We think it's military, but it like really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think they've said that they do think it's military. Um, oh right. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Because um, they. they Essentially, it's really hard for new technologies to be developed without the United States knowing about it. Um, so yeah. for Russia or China or any other country for that matter to have built uh, technology that can do what they've seen um, and recorded would be like, I think, nearly impossible, which is why everyone's tripping out so hard about it. But anyway, yeah. let's wrap it up. Cool. Uh, Sounds good. I am tired and my mouth is dry and I have a headache. All right. So <laughs> thank you for carrying the load for us today, Damon. Oh, no worries. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, once again, hit us up on our social feeds. I am guilt underscore modern on Twitter and not really active anywhere else. Uh, <laughs> um, modern guilt pod at gmail.com and Hayden is y underscore o underscore wait right i think i'm <laughs> why worry underscore oh wait all oh, right but okay there we what go. the fuck who cares whatever yes um if you find one of us you'll probably find the other yeah um and to all our hgen bag holder friends out there keep your heads up yeah definitely yeah we'll see now it's our time <laughs> to shine all right thanks, fuck. all right thanks for listening everybody take care Peace. see you later